When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Three weeks have come and gone and the Pittsburgh Steelers OTAs is officially behind us. So before we move into minicamp, let's talk about who impressed in the South Side. What's going on, everybody? I'm Noah Strackbine. Thank you for jumping on to Steelers to Go, your daily to-go cup of Pittsburgh Steelers news and analysis. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Today, we are talking about the players who impressed during Steelers OTAs. It was three long weeks. I get it. It's just helmets and shorts. There's no pads yet, and therefore, it's hard to kind of get a full understanding of how impressive everybody is. And you also... You, you get naive at times. You you get some guys are deceptive. Last year, it was Gunnar Olszewski. The guy was open every single day on every single play. It was so hard to deny that this guy wasn't impressive. And with it, you thought this guy is going to be a stud. He's going to be a star. I can't believe that the New England Patriots let this guy go. So on and so forth. I raved about Gunnar Olszewski, and I'll be the first person to say, that I was totally wrong, but I did get hints. I did get told by people in New England, hey, look at this guy does this every year. He looks really good in practice. He doesn't look good once the pads come on. So you have to take that with a grain of salt, take it into this year and say, these guys who are impressive, at least the new ones, the up and comers, maybe, maybe, maybe we should wait a little bit. But I do have some names for you guys. We'll start with DeMarvin Leal. Defensive end, last year he said he played at 310 pounds off the edge. That is unheard of. Nobody plays at 310 pounds and tries to rush the passer off the edge, getting around tackles with bend and athleticism and speed. Not at 310 pounds. This year he came in, he's 290 pounds. He's focused pretty much solely at defensive end, kind of being that role piece behind Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi, which I think fits him the best. It is the perfect situation for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They went out and they got a veteran edge rusher in Marcus Golden, and then they drafted Nick Herbig, who's that young developmental piece. They still have TJ Watt. They have Alex Highsmith. The pieces of the puzzle are here for DeMarvin Leal not to be a chess piece. Chess pieces in the NFL usually don't work out as well as you hope they would. And yeah, it sounds glamorous and it's, oh, everybody wants to have versatility. It's the best ability. It's not always the best case scenario for a team or for a player. DeMarvin Leal has a great skill set. He is very, very good. He's got all of the production that you'd want to have, but he has it on the inside. And I think that's where he fits best. If the Steelers could utilize him there at 290 pounds, which is where he weighs right now, 
I think that's the best case scenario for this guy. He did look good. He looked mean. Every time I talked to him, he said how much smoother things feel in year two compared to year one. All the veterans around him say the same thing, that this guy looks like he's been here for a year, which is always great. That year one to year two jump is when people get very good. DeMarvin Leal looks like a guy who could make that sophomore leap be a very impressive piece to the Steelers defense and kind of contribute in ways that I think they very much so need it and very much so have needed it in years past. He may be one of the top three guys that I say impressed me at OTAs. Number two, Jalen Warren, the running back who did nothing different compared to a year ago as an undrafted rookie who took the, the league by storm, Pittsburgh by storm, became a fan favorite almost overnight out of Oklahoma State. The dude looks ripped. He's got a new neck tattoo. That was the first thing I noticed when I went up to him. I said, dude, your new ink is ridiculous. Where did you get it? And he told me, he said, back home in Utah, which is where I spent the whole offseason, I did nothing different. I did exactly the same thing that I did last year. Somehow I walked away from it. The lowest body fat percentage he's ever had. He's in the best shape of his life. He looks fast. He seems fast. He seems comfortable. He's already talking about two running back sets, and I think that the Steelers are going to utilize that as much as possible. I know that it's too early to know how much two running back sets they're actually going to run. It's way too early to get any idea what this offense is going to look like. It's OTAs. There are no pads on. We have no idea who's even making the roster at this point. But for Jalen Warren to come in here and be in better shape than he was a year ago, understand the NFL, feel more comfortable, have a better relationship with Najee Harris and the offensive line, and be able to grow off of what he did as an undrafted rookie a year ago, very impressive. And if he is faster, if he is more athletic, and if he does have a better understanding of his vision and where holes are and where the offensive line will create holes for him, I think things are only going to get better. This is the beginning of Jalen Warren, in my opinion. Last year, he was very impressive during OTAs and training camp and minicamp. This year, he appears to be the breakout guy. I would have very high expectations for this kid right now. It's only OTAs. We got to see how training camp goes. But without pads on, he looked real good. Number three, Calvin Austin, which in my opinion, and people have been calling me a Calvin Austin stan, I just think that's because he's very good and I acknowledge talent. Calvin Austin was the most impressive person at OTAs. Every time I talked to this guy, he said how healthy he was, how good he felt out there. And then all of the veterans around him say, yeah, I don't know where he is physically, but he looks 100%. He looks like he's completely back to normal. He smoked Patrick Peterson, and Patrick Peterson went on a whole rant about it on his podcast. He's open all the time. And every time I talk to anybody in the locker room about Calvin Austin, Kenny Pickett included, they just say how phenomenal this guy looks how good he's going to be, how much of a weapon they're going to utilize him as in the offense. Calvin Austin is the one where he looks very good. He is the most impressive player at OTAs. He is small. And in the words of Danny Smith, and I've said this time and time before, and I'll say it time and time again, little guys take big hits. This is where the Gunnar Olszewski thing comes in. You don't want to get too carried away with a speedy wide receiver who could utilize that speed in OTAs without pads on, without taking hits, and really burn everybody and look very impressive. That being said, training camp last year, he looked very impressive as well with the pads on. The expectations were huge for this kid a year ago. I think they should remain huge now. I think Calvin Austin is a secret weapon for the Steelers offense, and I think that he showed that right from the jump at OTAs, and people should be very, very excited 
about what this kid could bring to an offense in 2023. And we'll end it off with some rookies. Obviously, everybody made a huge deal out of Corey Trice. He had two interceptions in one day, a couple of pass breakups. Levi Wallace went bananas. Demonte KZ loved every second of it. Corey Trice is a playmaker. I will say that. The dude looked good, and to just have one good day of OTAs is all you're really looking for as a seventh-round rookie because you're not getting the opportunities that a lot of other guys, including your rookie counterpart, Joey Porter Jr., are getting at this time in the offseason. Corey Trice is not a dude who's out on the field more than anybody else. He's not a dude who's getting extra priorities because he's a rookie and the Steelers want him to develop into something special. They do want him to develop into something special. They believe in his talent. They believe in the avatar corners that they're going to create between him, Joey Porter Jr., Levi Wallace, and Patrick Peterson. But he is a seventh-round rookie, and the Steelers are not going to give him special attention until he absolutely earns it. So to have one really, really good day is awesome to see. It is as good of a head start as you could get. When I talked to Corey, what I think stood out to me is that he understands that. I asked him about Joey Porter Jr. and the connection that those two have, and he said that that's his boy. They just met when they got here, but they've already formed a bond. However, when I talked to Joey Porter Jr., he said, yeah, I use Corey to just gain motivation and try to thrive off of his thrive. And when he makes a good play, I want to come back and make an even better play. Corey told me, yeah, I'm not really paying attention to Joey because I'm trying to make this roster. I'm trying to focus on getting the playbook down. I'm trying to make plays. I'm trying to be on the field as much as possible and not make any mistakes because he understands where he sits on this roster. He understands that for Joey, he's going to get those opportunities. He's not going to be a bubble guy. They're not getting rid of Joey Porter Jr. as a rookie. They could cut Corey Trice. If he doesn't look good in training camp, he could be a guy that leaves. He's a seventh-round pick. Seventh-round picks by no means are guys that are locks to make any roster. So if you look at him now and say you're making plays and your head's in the right space, that's a good place to start for a guy who's a seventh-round rookie. And I think Corey Trice has all the capabilities to be a star in this league. I think he's got all the talent. I think he showed that in college. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to continue to make plays. But I do like where his mind's at. Joey Porter Jr. would be the other one. That guy looked very impressive. He looks long. He looks like he can handle first-team reps well. He enjoys taking first-team reps. He enjoys the pressure that comes with first-team reps. Everybody around him says how impressive this kid is and how quickly he is to learn, how open he is to learn, which I think is huge. His dad showed up to the last day of OTAs, and he didn't bat an eye. He didn't even talk to him. He said, look, he knows he's got to stay in his lane, and I'll stay in mine. Joey Porter looks impressive. Him and Corey Trice clicking is huge. I think that this guy is going to make an early impact, and it's going to be a big one. I think that the Steelers want him to be their star corner of the future, and they want Corey Trice to join him eventually, but they understand that Joey could be that now, and they're going to try to get him to be that now, and they're going to push him a little bit, and he's going to struggle from time to time, but so far he's handled everything very well, and I would expect that to continue until proven otherwise. And finally is Nick Herbig, who I talked about on here the other day. My bold prediction right now is, is that he's going to be a contributor early and often for the Steelers' defense, and I still hold true to that. The guy had a few sacks the other day at OTAs, and it ended with a bit of a quarterback touch because he was just a little too ramped up, and everybody got upset, and he did get a little bit of trouble for it. But I took that as a positive. I took 
him acknowledging that he's got to be more professional, as he told me, as a positive. You have that much juice where you are just like, I don't even care. I am zoned out. I just need to get to the quarterback. That's got to be a good thing, right? Like, I get that a mistake happens. I get that this is the NFL, but you've been in the NFL for two and a half weeks when you made that when you made that mistake. You can't look at that and say, oh, man, this guy doesn't know how to be an NFL player. He's been here for two and a half weeks. I'd make mistakes in two and a half weeks. I make mistakes five years in. People make mistakes all the time. Two and a half weeks in, you got that much juice that you made. I get it. It's a big mistake, and it's not one that he could ever make again, and he probably will never make it again. But right now, to have a good day, I mean a very, very good day, and to hear about Alex Highsmith rave about him and TJ Watt talk about how they've known each other for a long time and Marcus Golden say how he's already latched on and asking questions, this guy is going to be good. And Nick Herbig's got all the juice. He's got all the resources. He's got everything that he needs in his toolbox to succeed. So far, he's utilizing that. So far, he's putting that to use. And I think that he's been impressive at OTAs. That's got to carry on. Edge rushers are a bit different. You got to put pads on. Can you beat tackles when they're physical? Can you beat tackles when this isn't just hand placement? If he could, which is huge because he is a smaller outside linebacker. He's got very short arms. If that could happen, I don't know. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to surprise a bunch of people. And I think that a lot of critics, a lot of naysayers about his arm size are going to go away. We'll see what happens when the pads come on. But through three weeks of OTAs, phase one of the Steelers offseason summer workouts, those are the six guys that got my attention. And they're definitely six guys that we should keep watching as we move into minicamp and into training camp. I logged off as I was done recording this podcast, and then it clicked that I forgot a name, and I couldn't come back on, and I know that this will be in the middle of the podcast, and it will make no sense to a lot of people, but I had to come back on and mention this name as well. Elijah Riley signed with the Steelers practice squad last year, was claimed off waivers, played in four games, didn't really do much, five tackles off the bench. I think he played about 20 snaps on defense. The rest of them were on special teams. This year, he's moved down into the nickel spot, has already been impressive. I caught him rushing off the edge very, very smoothly, and I went and talked to him about it, and he said that that's where he feels most natural on a football field, that the Steelers have him in that nickelback slot corner competition and that he expects to be a, a very versatile piece for this defense this season because now he has an understanding. He said last year when he came in here, even if he did know what was going on and he was able to pick things up because the guy strikes me as a very intelligent football player, he came in midseason. He wasn't able to ask important questions. He wasn't able to really get adjusted because he had to move on the fly and he had to not interrupt their season process. This offseason, they've said, hey, stick to nickel. Get that down. We want you to work there. He's taken full advantage of that. He enjoys blitzing off the edge. He said that that was what he took most pride in in college and coming into the NFL. I think that he looks a lot more natural in the slot than he did at the safety. I think he's definitely in the mix to compete with Shannon Sullivan and Duke Dawson. The Steelers are going to keep one of those three, and I think Elijah Riley, while Shannon Sullivan is probably the favorite right now, should be a sleeper to watch. And a guy that, if he continues to impress, much like he did at OTAs, I would put him in the mix to say he might make this 53-man roster.